0: When you look at the ERP contracts, there are going to be many different arrangements and they are going to have different financial risks and legal obligations that you might not know unless you work with an expert. So we are going to discuss all of those different contracts that you will come across during your ERP journey. So let's dive in.
1: Here is your host, Sam Gupta.
0: Hello, everyone. My name is Sam Gupta. I am principal at Elevate IQ. Elevate IQ is the independent ERP digital transformation consulting firm. We help our clients with the digital transformation strategy, enterprise software selection, change management, business transformation, as well as implementation. On that note, let's go back to today's topic, which is going to be the top five types of ERP contracts. And when you are going to be in the market for an ERP, there are many different parties that are going to be involved. The number one party that you need to know with respect to ERP contract is going to be your original equipment manufacturer. These are going to be software publishers. These are the companies that write the the actual software. And the example of these companies are going to be SAP, Oracle, Microsoft. Now, each of the publisher are going to have their own sort of strategy in terms of how they distribute their software. Some companies are going to have their own professional services arm and they do a little bit of consulting and they might do the support for those software as well. The other companies may utilize a resource channel. Then you are going to have other players that are going to be involved within these contracts. For example, ISVs. And ISVs are going to be the independent software companies that software that you would require sometimes the oems are going to be expressive if they might be utilizing an add-on as part of the bundle because in general the marketing is a very 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 large package and it is going to include a lot of different software packages and sometimes they could be third-party owned so these are different parties that are going to be involved and depending upon the structure type you might have different financial risk or the legal obligation as part. So now let's look at the list. So number one contract arrangement type that you are going to see in the market is when you are going to have the software license implementation support on OEM papers. And in general, when you are signing these contracts, so the contracts are going to be two or three different types. Most companies don't mix them because they have different legal obligations. They have different pricing and the kind of discounting that they might be able to do. That's why they like to keep these two things separate. Sometimes there might be cases when you might not be happy with the professional services of the OEM. And they might say that, you know what, if you don't want our professional services, we also have a consulting channel or the reseller channel. You might want to work with them. So that could be a possibility as well. And that's why they keep the contract separate. The same thing goes for support as well. If you are not happy with their support, you can go for the support with one of the consulting companies. They might be able to support that. So that's why these contracts are generally going to be very different. But in this particular case where you have the software license, implementation and support on OEM papers, meaning all of these contracts you are signing directly with the OEM in general the OEMs are in the business of selling the licenses. They are not going to have as deeper expertise from the consulting just because they might not be seeing as many deals. They might not have knowledge about any other software other than their own. So they might not be as objective with their analysis opinion about what needs to be in the architecture. Sometimes they might help you with the integration of your software the software that you might have in your architecture but they are definitely not going to have that enterprise architecture perspective unless it is going to be from their lenses so in general when you are working with your oem for the consulting and support you are going to have a lot of limitations unless the oem is very small and they are going out of their way to cover every single software but they might not be working with as many software as a consulting company would So in this particular case, you are going to be with the OEM for everything. Anytime you are going to have support issues, you need to go to OEM. If you are going to have any sort of implementation issues, um, you just have one company that you are dealing with. So that could be a benefit. And the other thing that you need to note overall in this arrangement is going to be the OEMs. They have different legal obligations overall, what they can commit from the software perspective, because their software contract is going to be at risk. So when it comes to the recommendations, they are going to be extremely conservative because they are always going to take it as the risk on their software. So for example, let's say if it is going to be about decision-making for your operational processes, they might not help or they might not help as openly as a consulting company would because consulting company, they are not going to have as much risk. Their job is to recommend the right things for the company and they don't really have that financial risk they are really on your side and they don't really have that legal risk with the software so that's why this particular contract could be tricky to work with if you have everything with the oem so that's number one contract type number two contract type is going to be the software licenses on oem papers but engagement with a reseller So in this particular case, the OEM is working with the reseller and you might not talk to the OEM initially unless you are going to have some sort of problems. So the contract is still going to be, at least the software contract, is still going to be on the OEM papers. Reseller is representing that. So they are sending you that contract to be able to sign, but you are signing for an OEM. The reason why oems like to keep it keep it on their paper tomorrow let's say if you don't like this particular reseller and if you want any sort of changes they can easily swap it out they generally have a lot of different resellers and they can keep changing the reseller if you want that so this is going to be for the software now the implementation contract may be trickier because with implementation sometimes resellers are going to have their own ip And sometimes that IP could be so important that software might not have any value for your business. It might require millions and millions of dollars of investment for the software to be able to work if you don't have that IP. So you are going to have far bigger lock with your reseller than with your OEM. So you really need to understand, okay, if you are a seller, okay, how much IP are they putting in? And sometimes they are going to tell you, sometimes they are not going to tell you. With some resellers, you are also going to have issues. They might not even reveal how many different add-ons, IPs, and if they create a custom code, they might not share the code. So it might be harder to switch the reseller, even if your OEM is going to recommend that you can switch. From the support perspective, your first point of contact may be reseller. They might be working with your OEMs to get further support if they are going to have any sort of product issues for the most part. But in general, the resellers are really the representative of your OEMs and they are really the extended arm of the OEMs from the sales perspective. So they need to be treated just like OEM overall, but there might be issues. The only flexibility that you have in the reseller model is if the reseller does not work out, then you can go to another reseller with the OEM, uh, with the number one contract type. If you have issues with OEM consulting, then you don't have a place to go because they might not have the consulting. So in this particular case, you at least have that flexibility. But again, be careful with their IP because that's where the major risk is going to be that you might have far tighter lock with the reseller. And in general, the reseller businesses are not going to be uh, as financially uh, capitalized as your OEMs. So you have far bigger financial risk. Let's say if something happens to them, then who's going to support that? You know they might not have the consulting community that can support that particular product so you might not find any resources that can support that ip and that ip may be a bottleneck for your implement so that's the risk that you are looking at and that's number two contract number three on our list is software licenses on resellers papers in the second case the software license was still on the oem papers so when you were signing you were signing for on the papers but here the oems uh, are going to be completely blind Uh, meaning you are signing on resellers papers meaning oems don't really have direct legal relationship with you so tomorrow if there are going to be any issues, you are really dealing with reseller that they have sold it to reseller so If reseller has any issues with the OEM, they can go back and uh, might have any sort of claim legally with the OEMs, but for the most part, you are just stuck with the reseller when you are going to be signing these contracts on reseller papers when they are selling uh, the software license on their paper. For the most part, in this particular case, they might combine the implementation, they might combine the support as well on the reseller papers, especially the bigger ERP vendors, are going to have this arrangement where you can do that. And in this particular case, the OEM is not going to have much of a control because they have completely handed over the control to your reseller. The way the comp is going to work is, reseller is going to have far more control on pricing, discounting in this particular model, uh, even though the OEM is still selling per transaction in this particular model as well. This is not the, the wholesale model. Uh, this is still a retail model, but from the control perspective, you are stuck with the reseller. The other issue that you might need to keep in mind overall when changing the resellers is that uh, they might be on different tiers and with the discount that you may have received from one reseller, and if you go to another reseller, you might not get the same pricing discount. So that could be another uh, issue that you might encounter. But this is the number three arrangement. Number four arrangement on our list is software licenses sold in an OEM relationship by the software OEMs. So the way this works is, so you are going to have, let's say, the publisher. Uh, And publisher, what they are going to do is, in particular geography, or sometimes it could be a specific industry, they might resell the whole software in more of the wholesale arrangement where they're going to say, you know what, you need to buy a specific number of seats in this particular year and you need to be selling this much for you to be able to retain the exclusive privilege in this that particular term. This is a very, very, very wholesale centric model. In this particular case, what the the new OEM, which is going to be the OEM that is actually selling the software written by the publisher, they might make major modifications to the software. Sometimes they might be selling under a very different brand. So you are going to have many different issues because now you are dealing with a completely new oem in this particular case your parent oem is not going to have any control whatsoever so depending upon the quality of the the child oem that you have or the reseller oem that you have uh, you know you are completely dependent upon them you are dependent upon their quality of code if they are well capitalized Their quality of code is probably going to be better. Documentation is going to be better. But if you have slightly newer OEM in the market, the quality may not be as great. So you are going to encounter a lot more issues just because of the number of layers that are going to be involved in this arrangement. Then these OEMs may have their own reseller channel and they might have their own arrangement. So whatever your parent OEM may be telling you overall from their distribution model perspective, that might not be applicable. You so for the most part, what you are buying in this particular case, even though you might be buying products such as Microsoft or Acumatica or whichever uh, uh, ERP that you might be looking at, for the most part, you are really stuck with this particular OEM's brand or the product that they are commercializing, distributing. Acumatica is there; it's the core product, but as such, from the distribution perspective, there is not much you are getting uh, from what Acumatica may be promoting it to their own sort of reseller channel or to their own customer base Um, so it's just tricky to work with it's a different arrangement so make sure you understand the legal obligation in this particular arrangement for the most part the professional services is going to be tricky as well in this particular case your support your reseller oem is probably going to provide the support as well so you are completely dependent upon them you may not be able to take advantage of changing the reseller because the reseller OEM may not have those provisions as part of their procedures. So you they might not allow that. So that could be another risk. So again, you require far more scra- scrutiny in this particular model just because it's very complex. It has a lot more layers in general. So be careful. And that's number four. Number five on our list is the software licenses sold in a master distributor relationship. So this is very similar to your OEM relationship. The only difference here is that the master distributor that you have, they might have their own channel that might be slightly bigger. So this particular arrangement is very common in the hardware space where you are going to have, let's say Microsoft or Siemens or GE, and they might be selling their hardware equipment your master distributor and they might have exclusive privilege in terms of what they can sell commercialize and then they are going to have very 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 large channel overall for the most part you are really dependent upon what this master distributor is going to do because they are going to have far more clout uh, on this deal than the oem itself sometimes these oems may be smaller and they might want to work with the master distributor just because of their uh, network just because of their market but for the most part, you are really dependent upon this particular master distributor. So make sure you understand what they offer, how well financially capitalized they are, if they are introducing any sort of IP or any procedures that you need to know. So you are really dependent upon them. So this arrangement could be very complex as well because you need to sign multiple contracts. And sometimes those contracts may have further dependencies in terms of whose obligation is going to be in what case and sometimes you might not even know that because of the number of layers involved so it's a very 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 complex arrangement be careful with this arrangement so this is number five on our list if you enjoyed this video we publish these videos on a weekly basis so you might want to hit the subscribe button on youtube Uh, We are also going to include a detailed article with this video. So you might want to check that. If you prefer audio form, this podcast is also available on Apple, Google, and Spotify. So check there and subscribe if you like. And if you have not checked our digital transformation report for 2023, we are going to include the links. So check that out. On that note, thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you
1: in the next one. Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS Podcast.